Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of our weekly Exploring the Parsha class with Rabbi Rebecca Schatz and Rabbi Matt Shapiro. I'm going to start with uh, just some random musings as I am wont to do. Uh, particularly being stuck here in quarantine in my house with my wife and my three young boys. Uh, My mind gets to wandering. And today I was thinking about um, baseball. And I happened to look up and to see that my favorite baseball team, the Chicago White Sox, are the favorite to win the American League Central. And I thought that maybe I that's just – I misread it, and I had too much uh, schnapps to drink last night, but I rechecked it, and that looked good. So why don't we start with um, just kind of going through uh, the beginning of Titzaveh until we uh, come to the point that we are going to study. So we, I am going to share my screen, and there we go. So... The beginning of Titzavah start, and and by the way, this is a very, very, very philosophical and mystical parsha. It's it's amazing the deep thoughts and mystical vibes that it elicits, particularly one once one has had a fair amount of scotch to imbibe. But the parsha starts off. With, oops, sorry, the Parsha starts off with talking about the costuming of the high priest. And I want to point out particularly verse number four. And I want to read the Chabad translation of verse number four because it's actually much more relevant. And I think Safari missed something. So, so Chabad says, and these are the garments that they shall make. A choshen, which in Hebrew is choshen, and for some reason it's translated here as a breastplate, but I don't know why Chabad does differently. An ephrod, a robe, a tunic of checkerwork, a cap, and a girdle. So far, so far I translate that as a sash. Uh, and, and I think what we learn from this. Particularly, let's start off with the word chosen, chosen, which is translated as chosen. This is where we get the notion of us being the chosen people. And the fact that this uh, God wants Aaron and his sons to wear girdles means that God is clearly concerned that they are getting fat from the manna. And it's not a good look for uh, the Kohen Gadol and his uh, progeny. Um, we go on and we get to uh, verse 10. Again, it's just talking about the stones that should be, etc., etc. We get to verse 23 and it says, make two rings of gold on the breastplate and fasten the two rings at the two ends of the breastplate. The medieval Jewish S&M cult uh, interpreted the two rings and the breasts very differently uh, than I think we might, but I think it's important to uh, point that out. Um, Finally, in chapter 28, let's move down to verse 42. And this is where I think 
the point about God being concerned about uh, Aaron and his sons, their 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 weight problems. It says, um, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Um, well, no, so let's go to, ah, no, the weight problems come later. But here's for, verse 42, which is clearly an add-on, okay? So it says, you shall also make for them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. They shall extend from the hips to the thighs. The fact that after all this elaborate stuff, you got to wear this, you got to wear that, the stones and rubies, whatever. And God said, and by the way, you got to put on a pair of pants. Clearly, God was fearful that Aaron and his sons were going to walk around with their junk hanging out, and that just would not have been a good look. Um, anyway, so we move to chapter 29, and in chapter 29, we start talking about the uh, sacrifices. And this is where the uh, weight problem comes in again. I, mean, I kind of jumped the gun there, which is chapter, which is verse 13, where it says, take all the fat that covers the entrails, the protuberance on the liver, and the two kidneys with the fat on them, and turn them into smoke upon the altar. Clearly, God's figured out that if he didn't specifically say, get rid of the fat, right? Aaron and the sons would have been, oh, this looks good, chow down on it, and it would have just made their weight situation worse. And I will point out that uh, the final words of uh, that phrase uh, is thought to be uh, the inspiration uh, where it says smoke upon the altar is thought to be the inspiration for deep purples smoke on the water. Um, anyway, we finally get to the verses that we are going to talk about, which is verses 20, 21, and 22. And I will read them out loud before turning them over to Rabbi Schatz. But you here we really see the deep meaning of the Torah and how, you know, there's never anything random in the Torah, like stuff that you read and say, what the F is going on here? It's not the case. This is, this is such a great screaming example of it. So verse 20, slaughter the ram and take some of its blood and put it on the ridge of Aaron's right ear and on the ridges of his son's right ears and on the thumbs of their right hands and on the big toes of their feet and dash the rest of the blood against every side of the altar roundabout. Take some of that blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle upon Aaron and his vestments and also upon his sons and his son's vestments. Thus shall he and his vestments be holy as well as his sons and his son's vestments. And finally, you shall take from the ram the fat parts. Ah, here we go again, the broad tail the fat that covers the entrails, the protuberance on the liver, the two kidneys and the, with the fat on them, and the right thigh, because we all know that fat got, gathers in our thighs, for this is a ram of ordination. So Rabbi Schatz, I will turn it over to you for the Kushiot and some further commentary. Okay, so these... These lines were both intriguing but also confusing. And so since I am such a visual learner, I thought I would bring a visual to explain them. So I am going to share my screen now. Um, let me figure out how. Okay, so I, um, I did some work to get a lot of visuals that would really explain these lines because they're really 
not simple. And um, so these were the lines that Rabbi Shapiro read and explained. And let's just take them apart visually so we get a good idea of what actually is going on here. So starting with line 19, just as an introduction, first um, then take the other ram and let Aaron and his sons lay their hands upon the ram's head. So this is pretty clear. We're getting, we're settling the ram down. We're kind of calming it, getting to know the ram, um, and then um, slaughter the ram. Oh, wait, not the right ram. Slaughter the ram. So here we know what's going to happen here. Didn't want to show the visual completely so that we could get through this class. Um, but this is uh, the show fit. And uh, you slaughter the ram. Uh, take some of its blood and put it on the ridge of Aaron's right ear and on the ridges of his son's right ears. So um, you may have some blood trickling down the face, but the main thing is get some of it on the ridge of the ear, okay? Uh, so I think that's clear. Um, and on the thumbs of their right hand, so some of the blood goes on the thumbs and on the big toes of the right feet. And um, I just want to say, don't look up blood and big toes. Just don't. Between bunions and fungi, it's just not. Don't go there. But hopefully we have a visual in our mind. Um, gash the rest of the blood against every side of the altar, round about. And here's just a warning. Uh, Altar, blood, there's a lot of other religions out there that use those symbols. So just take note. Um, and then finally, take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle upon Aaron and his vestments and also upon his sons and his son's vestments. Thus shall he and his vestments be holy as well as sons and his son's vestments. So... We need blood everywhere, okay? Just have a visual of that. There's going to be blood everywhere uh, when you're when Moses is anointing Aaron and his sons. Uh, finally, the last line, we shall take from the ram the fat parts. And uh, again, there's the tail. Uh, not sure what the deal is about the tail and the fat on the tail, but according to the internet, it's a delicacy in the Middle East. Um and there's the fat that covers the entrails. Um, I spared you the, uh, the real images of that, the real visual. There's the protuberance on the liver. So I think we, none of us could deal with that. So um, this is uh, what you get instead, a, little, a cute little pretty fat. The kidneys with the fat on them. And then finally, the right thigh that this is a ram of ordination. So I really hope all these visuals helped you understand these lines a little bit better. And um, before we actually go to the Kushiot, since I have the screen open, um, I'm sure that one of the questions that will come up will be about why the big finger, right, our thumb, and the big toe. And so for me that was like a question I couldn't, I don't think I could read the lines again without first answering, why for heaven's sake are thumb and our big toe? 
And so I had a visual for that. I found a source and there's a, some visual with that as well. So let's look at that quickly. And then uh, we'll ask some more questions and maybe the esteemed uh, guests we have with us, the Rabbanit and Mr. Kishman will help us with answering those. Um, but why the big finger and the big toe? So there are various explanations for, uh, for the various body parts that are being um, anointed uh, in this part shop. Uh, but none of them are very helpful for someone as visual as me. So I finally found a reference. This is not so much a commentary, but more of a reference to these lines from uh, Ben Yehoyada, who um, this is commentary from uh, a commentator from Iraq uh, from the um, 19th century. So again, you have a visual view of his face, his turban, his beard, the whole deal. So he was talking about the sort of, uh, the very direct relationship that Israel has with God and the other nations don't have. And he explains that you can see this in our fingers. So Israel is referred to as the big, the big uh, finger, the thumb while the other nations are the rest of the fingers. Why is that? Well, most of our fingers have three joints, while our thumb has only two. Why is that? Because we don't need that middle joint. We don't need the middle man between us and God. We are able to enjoy all his bounty and this direct, our direct connection without the middle joint, while the poor other nations need the middle man. They need that third joint right here in the middle. I hope you can see that in this visual. Uh, the other thing he says is he continues, and in the continuation of this uh, source, he also talks about the big toe, which uh, in the Bible and in modern Hebrew is called Bohem. And um, I think I'll use my pen here to kind of show how he explains why the big toe is significant. If you look at the letters of the big toe, and it's right here, hopefully you can see my pen here. If you look at these letters, and he's a little Kabbalistic here, he likes looking at the letters and their numbers, and you take one off each letter, you go from the bet to the Aleph here, from the hay to the Dalet, and from the Nun, to the men, and you get Adam. So it's pretty cool. Our relate, our um, our being humans and being in the image of God comes through through our big toe. I think this is a really, really satisfying explanation for why we anoint the Kohanim uh, on their big toe. It is so gratifying that I thought it would be interesting to look at other body parts and see how they connect us with God and with religion, with our Judaism. And uh, so again, to be visual, uh, I have the Aleph Bet here, and I thought of a few body parts that might be significant. For instance, our head. So if we look at our head, that's the word Bosch. And again, let's do that same thing. Let's take one letter up with Bosch. 
So Reish goes to Sheen, Aleph goes to Bet, and Sheen goes to Taf. We get Shabbat. So the most important body part, you know, you know, of our body, the most important body part of our body, really is Shabbat. What does that mean? Probably means that a big part of our relationship with God is through Shabbat. And I'll let, I'll let you ponder that. Let's think about the center of our body, our tummy, okay, which we call in Hebrew, beten, right? Let's do the same thing. Let's move one letter up. When we take bet, we go to gimel. We take tet, we go to yud. We take noon and we get samet. What is this word? Geese. And we all know, I'm sure you all know that geese is the word for brother-in-law. So, of course, the center of our body and the center of our life is our uh, brother-in-law or rather maybe our family. So, um, you see here that the center of our religious life really should be family uh, and that will be part of our connection with God. So, I could go on and on with this. Really, every body part here will point to another wonderful aspect of our religious life. Um, but maybe I'll just end with a silly part of our body, our hair, se'ah. This is another one that we can look at. And if we do the same thing, we, we take shin, we get top. Let's ignore the root and look at ein. Ein is pei. And resh will become sheen, right? And if we put that back in and we switch our top to a tet, we get the word tipesh, which definitely is an indication of how silly this all is. So I think this is the good point to say a time with apple juice. Well, I, I actually have some... Nissim black scotch, which is a he's a uh, he's a black uh, Israeli rapper, and he now has his own whiskey. So I will drink to that. But but Rabbi Schatz, I'd also like to point out a a interesting minhag that I discovered in the research, which is from the Las Vegas the Las Vegas Rebbe, uh, Rabbi Bugsy Siegel who used the inspiration from line 20 when he needed to sacrifice some of his colleagues for skimming from the synagogue slash casino. He would put blood on their earlobe and on their big toe and uh, other recommended places to commemorate uh, the lessons that we learn from this Parsha. So I will... Uh, and the other thing he did, which is I as a hey man, like what is, is God like? Just some kind of mob boss or something? <laughs> like what's like what's the deal? I well, mean, it, that's it, not groovy. That's not cool. Like what, what? What's up with that? That's not okay. It, totally, fact, totally undoed, man. Totally not chill. In fact, what I would say is that there. So Rabbi Schultz took this even a step farther. There are twenty-seven words, and this goes back to the number stuff that we were talking about earlier. There are twenty-seven words in line twenty. So he took that as an inspiration 
to play 27 uh, black on the roulette wheel and put down $10,000 at 35 to 1. So this is why this is such a meaningful parsha. So l'chaim, everybody. Uh, Alon Pishman and Rabbi Sarah Goldstein, I don't know whether you guys want to take over at this point, but... L'chaim. Far out, man. I hope you don't mind if I remove this. (laughs) Now I'm comfortable. (laughs) I, I'm actually going to think of keeping this as a look, so I'm just going to try it out here. You're good. You can keep it on as long as you'd like. Um, alone, anything you want to share? I'm, like, pretty spaced out, man. <laughs> Rabanit. What? What? No. Rabanit. Is it pronounced Rabanit? Oh, no, it's pronounced Rabanit. Rabanit? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Rabanit. <laughs> Do you have words after that, or? I got lots of words, man. I got like, like dodecahedron. Do you have? And I've got like supernova. (laughs) Whoa, what's that noise? That's far out. I've got like, I've got bunny rabbit. I got bunny rabbit. I'm just gonna let you keep going. I've got, I've got pickup truck. Mm. What do you? What words do you got? Well, I was just wondering if you had any kushiot, you know, like questions. Oh, like what's the deal with the ears, man? Yeah. Um, is what's that up a- with ears? I mean, like how do you, how do they work? How like, do my ears? My ears aren't bloody. Why would I want bloody ears? I don't want bloody ears. Who wants bloody ears? Sounds terrible. I want cl- I want clean ears. I've always said that. I walk around and I'm like, man, I want my ears to be clean. <laughs> Who wants bloody ears? Dude, I like once I saw my sister get her ears pierced and it like blew my mind. I did not want this body. This body's a temple. Man, this body's for God. I'm not. I'm not messing with that. This body's for God, man. You know, I, I don't want. I don't want blood. Blood stays inside. Clean outside, man. So I'm. Gonna, I'm just gonna take us back to the Torah just for a minute, because that. I'm ta- man, I'm talking about the Torah. Torah says blood on the ears. I don't want blood on the ears. Yeah, you're sharing your Torah, which is great. I'm gonna take us back. Yeah, to man. The Torah. Um, Look, we all have Torah inside us, man. Each one of us. We're like a letter in the Torah. You know, the world isn't complete unless we're all present in this world doing our deal. It's Purim. God's hidden, but God's within all of us, man. I'm keeping, you know, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it chill. I'm just trying to say, like, I want to keep it. I don't want blood. I just want peace. I I don't know. I, that's what I want. Yeah, it sounds like there are a lot of things that you could tell us about what you want. I'm going to take us back to the Torah, um, and we're gonna we're gonna look at these verses. And as Rabbi Schatz pointed out, um, some people on here are visual learners, so I'm going to actually share this for a moment. Um, Dude, I had some sick visuals last night, man. I was like seeing. It was like Sinai, man. I was like seeing the sounds and hearing the sights. Okay. Whoa. It was a whole thing. Like when they said Haman and they said boo, I was like seeing red. And then they said Esther. And I saw like this amazing, like powerful tigress. 
coming out of me into the world to free the Shekhinah. It was, whoa. It was, it was trippy, man. That's all I got. Okay. Well, every time you say that, it's not all you've got. So I was just wondering, I was just going to. We all have so much inside of us to offer. It's just, it's infinite. Just like God, like the Ain Sof coming out of us always into the world. That's all I got. (laughs) Okay. Great. Um, So if we look back at these verses that Rabbi Shapiro and Rabbi Schatz so beautifully introduced to us, um, and especially the words that, that Rabbi Schatz, this is very difficult, that Rabbi Schatz pointed out, <laughs> um, that turn into the idea of Shabbat and the idea of Mishpacha, which is just such a beautiful way of thinking about how this might connect beyond just the, the parts of our body, but, but into something more holistic or at least, uh, more connected to what we might be used to. If we look here at the three parts, the right ear, the thumb, and the big toe, one of the things that I always think a lot about, and if you need to see a visual of an ear, um, Alona is now sharing that with us because no one else has an ear quite like him. Um, So, you want to see my big toe, by the way, because I can help with that. Yeah. All all of our all of us have very special ears. It's like a fingerprint or the palm of your hand. Like everybody's ear or snowflakes, man. Like, have you ever like looked, like really looked at a snow? It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Just like ears. Ears are beautiful. Why would you want blood on your ears? I don't want blood on my ears. That's all. <laughs> okay. So if you think about the ear and you think about your thumb and you think about your toe, there's something all-encompassing about that. Just like if we think about our week culminating in Shabbat, that there is something that it has to come to an end, that that we need to be able to culminate in something like Shabbos to be able to bring that wholeness to our lives. And God willing... Bezrat Hashem, some might say, um, that there would be, uh, there would be families like that also, that the people around you and your family would also bring you that, that wholeness and that completion, just like the top of your body, the middle of your body, and the bottom of your body. Um, so maybe because Rabbi Shah in, uh, invited us to do some kushiot, um, we will keep alone muted, but if anybody else has... Hey, man, you can't silence the voice of peace in the world. The voice of peace... That's true. That's true. Always, you can always hear it. If you just listen closely enough, man, just like God from Sinai, if you just listen closely enough, if you uh, just listen, it's like... Per, poor Bernie, I did mute you. Um, poor Bernie, this is your first time to this class, and it is not always like this. So just, just you can't mute the voice of peace, man. The yeah. voice of peace is always there. Okay. Always- okay. Um, does anybody have any kushiot? Any, any divinely inspired? How come you're trying to mute me, man? Our- That's my kushiot. Yes. Why are you trying to shut me out? Yeah. Okay, Alan. Yeah, well, you, you, you inspired me, um, Rabanit. You were talking about oh, the, the ear and the thumb and the toe, and they're all having blood on them, and they, they all culminate at the end. And I guess that's really important because at the end, 
the end of the week, what's more important to focus on than the Torah? Ah, but I'm bum. Very good. Very, very, very good. <laughs> awesome. Renee, you have a kushia or, or a piece of Purim Dora. Uh, I just want to say that, you know, you guys, none of you guys mentioned the index finger and, you know, having cut the nerve in mine, I just want to say it should get as much prestige as Whoa. the thumb, as the thumb, you know, Happy, man. Yeah. Cause like, it really interferes out. with challah baking and hamantash baking. So you yeah, know, why the it, we, we need to find something written in the Torah about the index finger. Exactly. Why the thumb? Why did you have to pick that finger, right? Why Why can't we pick the index finger or the ring finger or the peace sign fingers? Thank you so much. Well, they didn't want to uh, pick the middle finger. That would have been bad, I think. Yeah, that would, yeah, that would have probably been bad. And I'm sure you, Rabbi Shavar, might have a story to tell us about a middle finger. Do you have a story? <laughs> I don't. Hey man, maybe we should just like remove all of our middle fingers because that's a finger of hate. I'm on fingers of love, man. That's a great name for an album. I'm going to record an album. I'm going to call it Fingers of Love. That's going to be awesome. Right. Anybody else have any kushiot? Any questions? Did the song Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes come from the ears fingers and toes in mm. this in this section and there was it originally ear right ear left finger and big toe and big toe no i think it might have been i think it might Just have been you make right. sure you don't get blood on your ear <laughs> yeah i don't want blood on my ears man that's all i got but actually, it's on a, a, a serious note, why why this? Is there any I'm curious? Is there any reason for this specificity? It does actually. What I found truly funny about this is it's just like kind of random, like and weird. <clears throat> yeah, um, it it seem it does seem to have some kind of specific. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. My yeah. uh, totally. That's a little bit wonky. It does seem to have some kind of specificity in terms of uh, like sacrifices in general. I mean, obviously that's not that's not exactly what's happening with these body body parts, but just the type of body parts and where the blood would go. Um, none of the commentators need to point out to to us what exactly kind of originated these three body parts. Um, except for that we mean the middle of the ear, we mean the cartilage right there, just talking about those elements, but it does get brought up later in the Torah um, when we're talking about sacrifices again. So it's possible that that's where it came up. Alon, did you have anything to share about that? An answer maybe to the question? Rabbi Schatz looks like she might have something to say. I just wondered if you had an answer to Rabbi Shapiro's question. I mean, man, Rabbi Shapiro asked the best questions. Those are like questions without answer. Like who could possibly? Okay, yes. Questions that Rabbi Shapiro is asking. That's like next level stuff, man. <laughs> Way to toot your own horn. Okay, Rabbi Shots, what is your question? So um, 
I was wondering about why two rams, why this is the second ram, what is the business where it says that it's an ordination ram or a Hebrew Mirim, that whole part I didn't understand. Don't get really why, what that means. The first one goes to God, the second one was used to anoint. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, alone. do you want to take this one? Do you have a an answer? Or do we want to just leave it as Kushia? Leave it, man. Leave it. That kusha needs to chill. You know what I mean? Just needs to chill for a bit. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Like any other kusha, rush it, man. You can't like rush. You got to let it have its process. Everybody needs their own process. You just like let the truth come forth. You can't like push it. You can't can't make it. You know, go any faster than it needs to go. Everybody just needs to like let it happen. Hmm. Um, no? Okay. Um, alone, do you want to bring your piece, which is maybe a little bit more funny? Man, I'm always bringing peace. I'm always bringing peace. Wait, right. is Rabbi Rabbi Goldstein, are you glitching out or am I glitching out? Like, who's glitching out here, man? Somebody help me out. What's going on? Uh-oh. Robinie Goldstein, is that on your end or is that on my end? My end. Oh, because I was like having a flashback there for a second, man. I was like, whoa. Like, no, my internet, my internet is quite bad today, so. I mean, we're all a little unstable, man. You know what I mean? We're all just like a little unstable, but we just got to roll with it and accept it and find, you know, whatever can center us. You know what I mean? Totally. Okay, so check it out, you guys. Like, I saw, I found this really groovy thing. It's 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 like legitimately it's legitimately groovy. Okay, so there's this dude, super cool dude. They called him the Ish Yehudi, which means the Jewish dude, like literally the Jewish dude. And apparently, he was Reb Shlomo Karlbach's uncle. And when you think groovy rabbis, you think Reb Shlomo, like he was like one of the top three grooviest rabbis ever. I don't know. Rambam, not so groovy. I know the Rabbanit likes him. He he was, he was little, he was kind of a square. But Reb Shlomo, definitely very groovy. Anyway, Ishu D, he said that the ear, which I don't like that it's bloody, but whatever, it's cool. The ear and the hand and the foot, that it's like, that's what a leader should do. Like a priest, he should be able to hear the people and he should be able to bless the people like this. You know what I mean? Doing that whole deal. And with the foot to run to help the people because the people need help. So you hear the people, you bless the people, you help the people. Now check this out. This is an alone peace man Purim exclusive. For real. What if, what if, groovy folks, you could apply those to the mitzvot of Purim? Check it out. Got to hear the Megillah. Ears. Hand. Give me shlach my note. Huh? That's two. Feet. 
run to help people, man, run to help people, matanot l'avionim. And then you're supposed to eat the Purim Seuda. So after you've done all of those mitzvot, you can eat and you can chill and you can be like a totally integrated person. Boom. Purim Torah mitzvot. I think that's pretty groovy. I just came up with that. That's awesome. On mind. Good job. Yeah, man. I, I pay attention. I know what's up. You think I'm just spaced out, but I am tuned in. Well, speaking of, what well, does anybody have any comments on that actual real Torah? <laughs> the first real thing that a lone peaceman has said all day. But what is real? I mean, how do you define real? I think that's from the Matrix. Oh, that's the Matrix. I just watched that on TV. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Very good. Anyone want to share anything about that piece? I do love that connection. I think that's a really, that's an awesome way of bringing together the Torah and the Chad, especially because Shushan Purim is, in fact, over the weekend. So um, it technically falls on Shabbat. Um, okay, so Bechavod uh, to Rabbi Shapiro. Um, I am bringing in a piece from Rabbeinu Bachia who is going to bring in something not actually on this week's Parsha, but also on- a groovy rabbi. He was very <laughs> groovy. Also a groovy rabbi. Um, wait, who Rabbi Shapiro, Rabbi Nubachia? Yes. Okay. Very good. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, bring a piece of Torah on, not this week's Parsha, but on Parat Sav, actually, where this comes up again. And so I want to share that with you here, since we've all learned that a visual is a good thing. We're not going to read the whole, we're not going to read the whole thing, but I, I do want to read a piece of this. Um, so what Rabbeinu Bachia says is, he placed it, and then again, this is the same idea of Torah, but it's not the same exact verse. So I'm going to read it here because it's not exactly the way it's written in Shmo. He placed it on the middle part of Aaron's right ear, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Okay. I believe that the symbolism, Rabbeinu Bachia says, of these three procedures is connected to the three parts into which the universe is divided. The world of the angels, the world of the planets, and the terrestrial part of the universe. This seems like a good alone piece to me. Moses had been commanded to make the tabernacle symbolic of the three parts of these three parts, excuse me, of the universe. Whatever was inside of the dividing curtain, the parochet, represented the world of the angels, disembodied spirits. Anything inside the sanctuary but east of the dividing curtain represented the world of the planets. The courtyard of the tabernacle represented the terrestrial parts of the universe. Seeing that the high priest embodied within himself the awareness of his creator and all these different visions of the universe, it was important that this idea be given concrete expression and that his very body was treated as if it too consisted of three parts, each representing one part of the universe. Man himself, and my conservative colleagues might say humans themselves, may also be viewed as a microcosm of the universe. The three parts of a person represent the world of communication by means of speech. The head, the part which corresponds to the world of the angels. Um, 
I'm just trying to decide when to stop reading. The world of the chayut physical, biological life, is from the chest down to the loins. The, this portion of man contains the heart, the source of all motion. The heart is perceived as issuing the directives which result in every move made by man. This part of man corresponds to the world of the planets, whose whole function appears to be their move, their their movements, their orbits. Okay. So I just, I thought that was such a beautiful way. It goes on and on, as you could probably see on my screen. But I thought that was such a beautiful way of describing how, it, similar actually to what Alone shared before in terms of the, the Purim Torah, but that this piece from Parshat Tetzaveh could actually bring us to talking about the tabernacle and how we as a body, which is also known as a tabernacle, um, I hope that on Facebook everyone is just looking at Alone because he is spotlit from all his movements, so I'm just going to spotlight myself. Um, that, uh, that we are able to actually see our bodies as tabernacles to be able to hold within us all of those different levels of existence, the higher, the middle, and the lower. Um, and as we know from Hasidut and from different ways of thinking about our connection to God, there are different levels. And yet all of that is within us, which I think is just such a beautiful, way of connecting to something that might seem extremely obscure and out of the realm of our normal every day and bring it back into how we can approach um, our existence. Alone, other than dancing around, do you have anything to say? Love that, man. Ooh. Love that. Love that body, soul, connection, tabernacle, bodies are a temple. That's why I don't like blood on my ears, but otherwise, love it. Love it. Rabbanit, you're like so into Hasi dude. I didn't even know. I didn't even like know how into that that stuff you are. That's awesome. There's not so much halacha around this piece of Torah. So. Oh, oh, Rabbanit, are you ready for me to blow your mind? Because I found a piece of Hasi dude. That proves why a lyric from Fish is accurate. Are you ready? Are you ready for me to blow I your only, mind? I only understood 20% of that sentence. So, yeah, I'm very ready. I found, you don't, man, it's like crazy. Because there's this piece from the Kitsur Shulchan Aruch, which I think you know this guy, Rabbi Aaron Alexander. And if he heard me say that, his skin would be like crawling, like with bugs yeah. on trip or something yeah. but there's this piece from the kitsur shohan aruch about these verses that's about the halakha of these verses yeah. and it proves a fish lyric okay you ready mm -hmm. are you sure mm -hmm. i've read i've read this piece and i'm excited to hear what the lyric is so. i don't i don't i don't think you're even ready man but I like Oh, Here we go. Screen too. Wow, we've all. Yeah, man. I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter. Like I'm hearing all this stuff about being a visual learner, and it's like you know I don't need it, but I love my fellow man. I love my fellow woman. I love my fellow people, and I just want to like help everybody out. So if that's what I got to do to make people feel cool, then I'm cool with it. You know. Keep going. Yeah. Great. Great. Awesome. Whoa! Like what's going on behind me, man? That's awesome. Okay, kids are Shulchan Aruch. Well, hold on, hold on. It's over there. Too. Can I read it for you? It's on both. It's on both sides. It's on both sides. Okay. Whoa. 
Whoa. Okay. Oh, I'm reading. Okay. Cool. 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 Here we go. Okay. Reading. Like, think about reading, man. You're like looking at the letters and then your brain puts them together into words. That's like, okay. That's wild. Do you ever think about Rob Rabanit? Did you ever, when was the last time you really like, thought about reading and what your brain is doing when you read when was the last time you like really thought about that that's amazing i i would love to be reading right now we're all like really reading yeah. the book of life you know what i mean no Think about it. okay <laughs> since we find that the torah gives deference to the right hand in regard to service in the temple that's like all that sacrifice stuff and in regard to the thumb and the big toe, Rabbi Shapiro was going to show us his big toe. I don't know what happened there, but I was excited to see it. Referred to in the Miluim, Miluim, is that like where you are, Miluim? And purification of the Metzora, is that like the baseball team? The Mets, the Met, of the purification of the Mets, they're not doing so good. Purification of the Metzora and in the mitzvah of the. Yeah, good luck with this one. Chalit, 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 Chalitza. Chalitza, yeah. Chalitza, yeah, that's like when you're having some chala, but it's, it's like the chalit, the chalit, the chalitza. Yeah. Therefore, in dressing, oh, Rabanit is gone. Where'd Rabanit go? Her mind was blown. She got her mind blown. Ooh, she's like freaking out over there or something. Therefore, in dressing and in other activities, you should begin with the right hand or foot as opposed to the left hand or foot. Right over left. When removing shoes or other clothing, you should first remove the left because this shows respect for the right, obviously. However, in regard to tying a lace, the left is held in higher esteem. Man, like, I don't like valuing one thing over another, but it's just interesting to think about it and to hear where he's coming from because we tie the tefillin on the left hand. Now, here's the thing, y'all. I'm left-handed. Surprising no one. But I am left-handed, so that means I'm going to do a flip-flopperoo on this, and I wonder if it would be the other way around. Therefore... When you tie your shoes, you should first tie the left. Think about it. Think about God when you're tying your shoes. For example, with shoes that must be tied, he's not talking about sand. I mean, I wear my sandals everywhere, which probably isn't too surprising. I wear my sandals everywhere. But, you know, if you're tying your shoes, if you wear shoes that you got to tie. With shoes that must be tied, not all shoes need to be tied, but some shoes do. Sometimes you just got to do it. With shoes that must be tied, put the right shoe without tying it, and then the left shoe and tie it, and then the right shoe. This applies to other clothes. So when you're putting on your clothes, you're like doing a whole thing to connect in to God and sacrifices and blood on your ears. It's like a whole groovy thing, man. And like Fish says... Whatever you do, take care of your shoes. It's a real fish song. It's called Cavern, and it's a jam. Y'all should listen to it. I don't know where Rabanit went. I, I actually 
Oh, Rabanan is back. Oh, she's back. Oh, you're back, Rabanan. When I read this, when I read this halacha, which I I already knew, but I I would have never put it in connection to this piece of Torah. I was so surprised that they had to take something so far breathed, far fetched to like say, oh, this is where the halacha to to do your right shoe first comes yeah, from. Man. And That's I'm left-handed, so I hate <laughs> the whole right-handed is better thing. Um, and so I... V'na'afohu, man, v'na'afohu. That's what's up. Flip it around. That's not what they're talking about here. Flip it around. The, when you flip, flip around, around, your sunglasses went to your head, the back of your head, which flip is... Flip it around, around, man. Oh. Can you see that happening, everybody? Flip it around. When alone turns, the glasses go to the back of his head on Zoom. It's great. Um, yes, I agree. This is a very cool. It's a very cool connection. A little bit of a stretch, which I would never say about my rabbanim, but um, I do think it is a bit of a stretch. Um, alone, peacemen. I think that we should break character for a moment to just thank our. Fantastic. What do you mean, break character? Oh, whoa. I don't know if you guys know this. Oh, I'm not actually a lone peace man. What? I'm Rabbi Matt Shapiro. Whoa. whoa. There's literally nothing I could do to look different. Oh. But, but, but he can't be Rabbi Matt Shapiro because he is not wearing a white T-shirt. That's that is true. true. That is true. He's not wearing a white That's true. Um, but seriously, a, this was... A this big Yashikoa! This was a Rabbi Matt Shapiro idea, the original Rabbi Matt Shapiro idea, um, and we're glad that you are here to see it. But really, all of the credit goes to Elon and to Rebecca. Uh, a for A, just saying yes, <laughs> and B, um, for taking it. I mean, Rebecca did more prep for this class than I ever do. So, um, like, it was just incredible uh, what the two of you put into this. And really, thank you. It made it, it, made it a very fun Parsha Purim uh, class experience. And Rabbi Shapiro is going to finish us off with a Lachaim. So I will turn it over to him. Everyone. I think you guys need to take it on the road. <laughs> they need to take it on the new rabbis shots and Shapiro 2.0 need to take it on the road. Um, in all seriousness, it is great to have different people teaching this class. I really do believe this, not just alone Peaceman, but as me, every person has Torah to teach. Everybody has something to offer. Uh, Esther, Hester, we don't hear God's name in the Megillah, but God's name and God is within each of us and all around us. Uh, that is both Rabbi Shapiro and Alone Peaceman talking through him. And to that, I say, Lechayim, everyone. Lechayim. Have a wonderful Purim. Purim Sameach. Shabbat Shalom. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.